Welcome to Balance with Carmen and Ashi, your lifestyle podcast. We're two active mums trying to create balance in our lives. We're here to discuss interesting topics and have some fun along the way. We hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, we have Greg. He was on episode four, season one, about protein. Everyone loved the episode and asked to have him back. So here he is. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, we loved your episode. I still refer people to your episode. Whenever anyone has a question about protein, yep. I send them to episode four. No, perfect. Appreciate that. Yeah, I've had a few people in recently commenting on that. So yeah, it's been fantastic to get the feedback. Yeah, and just a reminder to our listeners that when you do go into Gemini Health and Nutrition, you can use our discount code BALANCE10 and Greg will look after you. Yes, excellent, most certainly. Yes, so for today's episode, we thought we'll have Greg back and we'll discuss a new topic. I did send you a text message with the idea I had for us to talk about more goal-oriented supplements because it's easier to relate to what supplements you need if the goal is relatable. Definitely. Because yes. most people don't even know what supplements they need. But if you'd say, oh, I have the same goal, then you can kind of start looking at those supplements. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not just goal specific as well, but I do like to get into more in-depth conversation with people as well regarding their own specific needs, uh, their own body types as well, and um, different dietary requirements that they can and can't have. So, yeah, it does go well beyond that as well. Yeah, yeah. So for the sake of the podcast, I think we'll keep it goal-oriented and then if someone would like to have more information specific to themselves, they can then come and see you or reach out on Instagram to you of as course, well. Of course, yeah. And like the last one, we did have a few people reach out uh, asking more questions, more uh, specific, so that's great as well. And then same for the products now. So we'll keep it fairly broad. And then um, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about any particular product – Happy to go and delve into that a bit bit further. Perfect. Goal number one would be cardio and weight loss and running. So more like the cardiovascular side of things. And then on the other end would be building muscle and um, strength training. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's uh, there's two different sides of that. So you've got your your training aspect and then you've got your, your dietary and supplement sort of aspect. So your cardio and things like that really just comes in to be more specific to any one person's goal. If your goal is to be more fit endurance-wise and you want to run a marathon, then, yeah, some cardio and running is going to be more relevant to you. But if you're – it really just depends on what your specific training or physical goals are. Uh, if your goals are weights, then do weights. If your goals are running, then do running. Big believer in if you want to be better at something, you perform and uh, practice that specific task. Yeah, yeah, like focus on that one thing rather than trying to do, do all of it. Because a lot of it would counteract. So, like, for example, I would love to run a marathon and I am going to do one next year, hopefully. And I would also love to do figure, muscle training and, like, where you go show off your (laughs) body. (laughs) But those two are very opposite types of training and running is the last thing you should be doing for that. Yeah, well, you can see how they can be um, contradictory to each other. Where you've got the endurance, the um, and the aerobic capacity of running or marathon running, and the anaerobic capacity of uh, weight training. The idea is to build muscle on one, and you're compromising muscle on the other. Different energy systems kind of use there as well as different muscle fibers. So yes, the nutritional side of things can be very similar. The training styles you've got to separate those a little bit and pick one goal. 
Yeah. So let's talk pre-workout. Yeah. Explain what it does and what is a like a recommended one sure. that you would give someone that walks in going, I want a pre-workout. Yeah. Just like anything when I'm trying to help people out, I always have a process of questions when I'm asking when it comes to a pre-workout. Some of the typical ones will be, you know, high stimulant because it's generally based off the stimulant level for a pre-workout. You know, higher stimulant, lower stimulant. Caffeine being one of those primary ingredients for that stimulant level, right? Um, another one there as well is, you know, you, you describe it like you know, that tingly feeling that you get in the face when you take a pre-workout, if anybody has before. Um, again, they associate that with being a stimulant, which it's, it's not. It's just a performance-based amino acid. So back to the running, better alanine in a pre-workout serves a purpose for running, for example, because it's going to help to saturate the muscle in carnosine and help to prevent the buildup of lactic acid and muscle soreness, providing for more endurance. So you can see where a pre-workout can then be fitting to uh, endurance sports, muscle endurance, but then bodybuilding and or weight training as well, because again, muscle endurance. For someone like myself who drinks at least one coffee a day and then wanting to take pre-workout as well, would you say rather to get a non-stem one? Can do. I, myself, if I'm, I train in the morning predominantly, so I use a non-stimulant pre-workout myself because I'll have an espresso, double or triple shot espresso when I get up in the morning and that's my stimulant, right? So I will use a non-stimulant pre-workout that still contains better alanine, has some tyrosine, some alpha GPC, some more nootropic effects. So it's more of a mental focus switch on in that regard, some pump ingredients like your citrullines and arginines and those type of things. Well, it helps your blood flow and uh, blood circulation, uh, which can in turn help with the, like the muscle pump. So, yeah, non-stimulant pre-workout would be perfect if, for anybody that's planning to take it right around their coffee time. Yeah. And if it isn't around your coffee time, is there a specific amount of caffeine that is recommended for your daily intake? Quite loose on that one, to be honest, because there is a lot of different recommendations, as some will say. Coffee itself can have a lot of other health benefits, and by definition, coffee can be known as a supplement. Caffeine itself, though, has been proven throughout different, um, throughout military exercises, throughout all different performance sports as being very, very beneficial in not only the performance of the body for, for intense training, but also the increasing of the heart rate for fat burning and fat metabolization as well. Those um, amounts have been done from anywhere to seven or even 800 milligrams throughout a day. Considering your average cup of coffee might be around 100 milligrams of caffeine, you can see where that's heading. High-end pre-workouts be maybe 350 to 400 milligrams of caffeine. Very few might have more than that, but on average around three to 400 milligrams. Technically speaking, your coffee and your pre-workout isn't really overdoing. It's all personal taste, personal touch. Yeah, this is very interesting and it ties in with last week's episode where we had a guy on who talked about coffee. So an entire episode on coffee if you missed that. Now, I actually had a pre-workout once and oh my goodness, (laughs) I had the shakes, I had the tingles, it was insane. It was called Jacked. Jacked 3D. Yeah, the 3D one. (laughs) That one a long time ago used to be insane. Yeah. TJ pretty uh, stringent with their ingredients, so they do start to crunch down on things from time to time. Yeah, that was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Now, during a workout, is there anything that you recommend to take in my uneducated opinion, I would probably sip on some um, amino acids during yeah. training. Is there any other supplements that you recommend during? Well, other than your pre-workouts, which, of course, depending on the ingredients that are in there, can certainly have uh, merit 
for uh, during training as well, right? Not just the stimulant effects, but the uh, the blood circulation, blood flow of your citrullines and your arginines, agmatine, products like that. But then, yes, your amino acids. So from the last episode that we've done together relating to protein, remembering the protein is made up of amino acids, so anything you start to think about muscle preservation, uh, more readily available energy sources comes back to those amino acids again. So I predominantly put my uh, suggestions towards EAAs, which is the essential amino acids, right? So taking those during training can, yeah, multiple benefits, provide you energy, preserve your muscle, assist in the um, muscle protein synthesis. So starting to rebuild that muscle again. Most certainly. Plus then different combinations of those will also then include, um, some can include your better alanines and citrullines, but also then different hydration aspects. So your mineral content, obviously very important to replace what you're, what you're losing through, through training and sweat. Yeah, especially if you're doing cardio, so you will be sweating a lot more. Correct. Yes. It's even more, more important to get in those, uh, the magnesiums and chlorides and all your 21 essential minerals and, yeah. And so with running, I usually drink a lot of electrolytes. Like I try to keep the balance so that I drink enough water as well as electrolytes because you can have an imbalance. Is that correct? Well, it's good to just balance it out because, I mean, if you're going through two hours, three hours of intense running and you're going to keep sweating a lot, you can replace those minerals, but then you're going to continue to sweat so much more out Yes, it's going to keep you hydrated, but at the same time, you're going to continue to lose it too. So yeah, space it out is my preference, uh, depending on the sport, of course. The most important aspect of all that, though, is maybe to rehydrate with those minerals after the event, when the sweating is probably going to slow down and, the, and you're more, your body's more likely to retain those minerals. Okay. Can you talk a bit more about fat burners? Yes. Yeah, so similar... Uh, concept in to some degree as your pre-workouts, but then the, the, the ingredients will differ quite a bit. One of the main differences is uh, back to that tingly feeling. Your um, fat burners and thermogenics won't typically contain better alanine because it's not for the performance side of things. But you'll have uh, different ingredients like your carnitine is probably one of your most popular ones where it assists with the fat metabolization or more the the, the, the transportation and the usage of fatty acids as that energy source. So other ingredients like that will assist quite a bit. Um, still, typically, uh, some questions that I'll ask around that is back to that stimulant level because they will still contain caffeine, remembering that caffeine is great when it comes to increasing the heart rate and helping to kind of burn fat. So that's the main probably differences. But there is another interesting product uh, by BPM Labs that I've just gotten in as well called Lipo Rush. And you can see just by the name of it, Lipo, <laughs> drawn by a few people. Um Got some guarana, taurine, some things like that that helps with the mental focus and really picks you up mentally. So you get a lot more mental clarity as well. Cool. And with the thermos, so that would then raise your heart rate as well. Is that right? Or- For the most part, yeah. But a lot of the ingredients in a thermogenic or a fat burner, just like carnitine, it'll assist to try to use that other better energy source. It'll try to use fat as an energy source. That's the whole objective of your fat burners and thermogenics. Increase the heart rate, yes. So try and doing increase any kind of thermogenesis with those types of ingredients and just trying to grab at that fat to use as an energy source to kind of simply put it. What is L-glutamine? Was it L-glutamine or just glutamine? L-glutamine, people just refer to it with glutamine, similar, yeah. So L-glutamine is just an amino acid as well. It's the most abundant amino acid in the body. So you can see it typically put in some proteins because it helps to preserve muscle at the same time. 
Um, but it's also with your fermented L-glutamine, fantastic for intestinal health. Okay. So gut health, yeah. Yeah, because I used to take um, the ATP Science, yeah. the black one. Yes. Yeah, so I take both the L-carnitine yeah. and the L-glutamine in that range. Yeah. So some some research that I'd done uh, years ago when I first done my yeah, first personal training courses was around L-glutamine as well, and it was said to also in about a 20-gram dose uh, post-training assist in increasing growth hormone output. That's good to know. Mm. So you do have to take it within a certain window after training. Is it recommended? That was recommended around that. But, look, typically I would, would still have L-glutamine myself and I'd, I'd just throw that in with my, my greens in the morning, you know, greens for gut health and all the rest, glutamine, uh, assisting with the intestinal health. So I kind of just threw it in there anyway, just keep it topped up with the body. Yeah. yeah. And now with post-training, still relevant to the cardio side of things, but I guess it's – Pretty similar with weight training as well. You usually say to have your protein within half an hour after training, but if you are staggering it every two to three hours throughout the day, that is beneficial as well. Of course. And that's where your, uh, your overlap within the fitness industry kind of really comes into it, where everybody will suggest to eat every two or three hours. And that's really creating an overlap. You're typically speaking, your protein turnover rate is every four hours. So... Every two to three hours, yes, you're just going to maintain that overlap. So regardless of whether you're getting that protein in prior, during, or after, uh, as long as you're maintaining that protein intake, keeping in mind then also under intense training, say a good weight session for an hour or two, uh, your body's then more susceptible to taking in and absorbing or even utilizing more protein again, which is where typically you can increase that protein serving approximately 50% because your body's going to take more of it in. And once again, it's better to overlap and have more than enough than not enough. Yeah. And for any specific protein questions, again, episode four was extremely informative on the different types of protein and, yeah, heaps of information there. Excellent. Yeah. And, and if anybody else wants to rehash on that or to, to know a little bit more about that, then yeah, feel free to shoot a message through or come into the shop. Perfect. We did have a question regarding protein, actually. <laughs> it's a funny one. <laughs> Why do people get protein farts? <laughs> okay, typically that can be through an excess of protein, right? I do say overlap, but at the same time, we do need to be careful with that because depending on the, uh, well, let's just say that if somebody does have a good clean diet and that's still happening, then yes, it'd be most likely through to excess protein. So if, if you're overlapping maybe a little bit too much, well, you're taking in that 30 or 40 grams every single meal, which is probably, again, too much for, for most people. That's likely where the uh, the bad flatulence is coming from. Because I've just seen quite a few friends competing at yep. the ICN and all those different bodybuilding competitions, and they're always talking about yep. protein, protein, and then the protein fast. <laughs> coming up to comp time, that's the one time where everybody's probably more likely to want to get more and more protein in. Coming back to that muscle preservation – when bodies are going through recomposition and they're trying to lose as much fat as possible, it becomes more a game then of maintaining as much muscle as possible while trying to drip out that extra fat. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to load up on the protein, hoping to God that they maintain that, that protein and the muscle. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work that goes into those comps. Oh, I take my hat off. <laughs> yeah, most certainly. Weight gain. 
I know of at least two people who have reached out to me on needing to gain weight. Is there any products that you can recommend or any types of products that you can recommend for weight gain? Of course. So first and foremost, put very, very simply, if anybody's in the idea of losing weight, as you, you'd be well aware yourself now, it's all, uh, this is where calories in and calories out can come into play. Your daily energy expenditure must be more than you're consuming each day in order to lose weight. In order to gain weight, simply put the other way, you must be consuming more calories on a daily basis than your energy is expending. Yeah. Now, let's say that these people are doing that, yet they're still struggling to gain weight. What products can they add to their diet that can maybe help them to gain a bit Perfect. more weight? Yeah, of course. That's where your different mass gainers will come into play. So you can kind of play around with that too. So if it's just about trying to increase those calories, there's Plenty of great products out there like Extreme Mass from International Protein. You'll be at about 430 calories per serve there. It's a 50-50 ratio, protein to carbs. Great whole food-based carbs in that product there as well. Um, ideal for somebody with a maybe slightly slower metabolism. Um, its counterpart, um, heavy weight mass gainer, is just over a 1,000 calories per serve. Same principle, but loaded up a lot more. So probably more for a younger person. Another product that I, uh, it's been a, a great selling product by JDN, about 750 calories per serve in that one too. Again, predominantly made up of whole food based carbs. So your rice starch, sweet potato starch, things like that, your body can digest a lot easier. So yeah, plenty of ways to bulk up your calories if you're really struggling to get in those, those bigger meals. I've been starting to find it hard to stop the weight loss with all the running I'm doing and I can only eat so much. Yeah, of course. So I was hoping to find a product that I could maybe switch out my protein yep. to that. So it sounds like just the, the, the last thing I just mentioned there about your, you know, if you're eating in a, in a calorie deficit, then that's likely there's still a case for you because you're still burning so much. And if anybody's then curious about how to work that out is simple answer is you have to try to track your calories to understand where you are at with that Yeah. in order to kind of balance that out. Well, I reckon on today's run, I would have burnt more calories than what I've eaten today. Yeah, wow. Like I really need to up my calories. Yeah. <laughs> so look, it is the simple way to increase those calories. But at the same time, around those runs or just after that run is probably the best time to really jam in as many carbs as you can to try to replace all the energy that you've just kind of lost. Yeah, but great time to put the uh, the mascana shakes in there just to get an extra few hundred calories. Yeah. After a big workout, you continue to burn calories for quite some time after as well. Correct. Same as you with your HIIT training or your high-intensity interval training. You can put your body into a better state to where it wants to continue to burn off calories at a higher rate. Well, I reckon to finish off this episode, because that's been so helpful once again, and it's in such a short time too that you managed to cover so much. Oh, cool. That's I good. love it. <laughs> <laughs> How about we finish this off with your favorite smoothie to start your day with and what you put in it? I'm a bit of an all-in bits sort of thing when it comes to my smoothies. I don't really, uh, I don't always think about what it's going to taste like. I just throw other stuff in there and just kind of see how that goes. So not a fan of overdoing it with the dairy. So if I'm going to use any kind of milk product, it's going to be generally almond milk. Almond milk, a bit of vanilla protein, getting the 30 grams at least in there as well. A bit of oats, maybe half a banana or a full banana. Throw some blueberries and then the greens. Bit of a combination, ticking all those boxes, and it generally tastes pretty good. 
Do you chuck the glutamine in there too or does oh, look, that throw it off completely? It's just another amino acid. It's a starchy side it's type of an amino acid. It doesn't have really a flavor. So, yeah, by all means, throw it in there. <laughs> I throw my knack in there and all that kind of stuff too. So, it's, yeah. Yeah, mine's very similar. I also do a vanilla protein powder. There's a an almond milk that has 10 grams of um, protein in it. And so I put that one in and then I add some collagen protein as well. So by the time my smoothie is done being jacked up, it's got like 50 grams of protein (laughs) in it. It's a perfect post-workout shake, yep. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you coming on again. Of course, happy to be here. And I will definitely ask everyone to put more questions in and we'll have you back again. Perfect, yeah, can't wait. Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To stay updated and get involved in upcoming episodes, make sure to follow our social media linked in the show notes. And this is your daily reminder to stay active and to keep showing up for yourself. Until next time.